you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast, an NFL podcast for the players, by the players. Here is your host, 14-year NFL veteran and Hall of Famer, Aeneas Williams. Hello, and welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast. I am Aeneas Williams. 2020 has been a year of transition for most Americans. The sudden changes brought by COVID-19 has thrust each of us into constantly adapting to a new reality. Like any other kind of transition, there are people stepping up to support those who are struggling. For those who played in the NFL, tough transitions are nothing new. And today we welcome two men who know all about helping others through rough transitions. Joining us today is the great Nate Boyer, who is an NFL legend, walk-on, in college, never played organized football to my knowledge, a former Green Beret, and a man who's traveled the world trying to make a difference in people's lives. We also have journalist, trainer, fire, Jay Glazer, and together, they help create MVP, which stands for Merging Vets and Players. This organization has helped both armed service veterans and NFL legends adapt together to the challenges of transitioning from our one life experience to the next. Welcome, gentlemen. Before we get started, Jay, real quick, any breaking news? <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the day off, brother. I'm taking the day off. How you doing, Matt? I haven't seen you all since uh, years in straight ends in induction, man. Oh, man, yes. It was great. And you did a fantastic job in introducing him. And uh, at another time, I would love to know about how you guys connected. And, and also, Nate, with you being a former veteran, uh, hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend as well. Welcome, guys. I want to start out by asking, what led your group to starting this program in 2015? Well, you know, I had um, Nate comes walking into my gym five years ago at, at Unbreakable and says, hey, uh, I understand you're the guy I want to see if I want to play in the NFL. I'm like, who are you? He's like, I'm a senior at Texas. I'm like, how are you a senior at Texas? You have gray in your beard. And he's 34 <laughs> years old. And, uh, man, he tells me a story about how he was a Green Beret. And then for the last few years at the University of Texas, uh, they set up a deal for him to play football and then uh, go overseas, special forces, and go uh, – you know, defend democracy and, and fight for, for uh, our country and come back out and play at Texas. And it was going back and forth, back and forth. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I, I Google the story and I'm like, sure enough. And I literally said to him, hey, dude, I see what you've done, but I don't know what you can't do. So let's go walk this walk together. Uh, trained him up, got him signed by the Seahawks. Um, Seattle, you know, then, you know, and listen, Nate played in the game there. He played there. He's an NFL football player. He has walked that walk, and 
you know, when he was done, he was going to go back in the military. And I'm like, no, dude, I love you. You know, you kind of become my brother here. Don't want you in arms way anymore. So uh, Nate moved in with me uh, and tried to figure some other stuff out. Got him a Hollywood agent. Now he's a big time actor uh, and director, producer. But he and I are, when he was living with me, we're sitting in my house. I'm on the phone with a player's wife, who a guy I'd helped get um, another few jobs for at the end of his career with some, you know, in the NFL. And but it, it was over. Time was time for the transition. I'm on the phone with his wife, and she's saying, "Hey, you got to do something about your boy." And I said, "Yeah, I understand. He, he's sick, right? He has pneumonia." She's like, "No, he doesn't have pneumonia. It's just that it's finally over. He has not left the house in three weeks. Lines are shut. Shades are closed, and he's just." feels like he has no value anymore. And, you know, she's like, I need help. And as I'm on the phone with her about the football player, Nate is in the next room over having the exact same conversation with one of his teammates, the Green Berets. How he doesn't feel like he fits in out there. And I'm like, hey, man, let's put these guys together. And the biggest thing I know from, you know, being in this league since 1993, um, it's, you lose that team, you lose that locker room, you lose that tribe. That's the issue. All the other stuff, man, that's, you know, that, that's not the main thing. The main thing is, you know, when you lose your, t- your team, you lose that tribe, you lose that brotherhood, that's scary. The transition sucks because the bottom line is we're not like the rest of the world. And I say we, you know, I walked that three steps up into a cage to fight. I know I'm different than everybody else. You guys are different. Nate's different. Aeneas, you're different. And different's good, but unless somebody tells you different is good, you think you got to try and fit in a society when it's done. And that's not the case, man. They need to fit in around us. What about you, Nate? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's, uh, it's always been interesting to me, the, the, the mutual respect between the two groups, uh, growing up being a huge sports fan first. Like I, I didn't think I was going to join the military when I was a kid growing up. It wasn't something I, really thought about. I mean, I always respected uh, what those people did, but it just was, I didn't think that would be my reality. You know, I wanted to be a, uh, like, I think half of America, I wanted to be a professional athlete when I was a little kid, you know, and uh, that was just a dream. And that was like, you see these guys and girls on TV that are just the best. And it looks like they're, you know, they're having so much fun and like sports are such a huge part of the fabric of America and especially football. I mean, I grew up in the Bay Area. Uh, the Niners were like a dynasty when I was a little kid, you know, and I was Joe Montana for Halloween two years in a row because like that's who I wanted to be. And it was uh, my posters on my walls were all, you know, Ronnie Lott and Jerry Rice and all these guys. And uh, so I always had that. And then even as a, as I got older and, you know, was a teenager in high school and realizing I don't have the talent. Uh, or the, I, I didn't have the work ethic either, but I just, you know, I wasn't a great athlete. And that was, that was like, a, I just remember that being a tough thing to sort of, a, a tough pill to swallow and accept, but it was like, it's all right. Like I can still be around the game, love the game. Um, and I, it was always an escape for me, even as a kid and, and later in the military, being able to watch, watch football and, uh, you know, watch the NFL. And, um, and then I just, you know, eventually I went over to the Darfur and did some relief work in my early twenties, completely changed my life. And it was through that time that I, I realized I wanted to serve in the military. You know, this was just a, a couple of years after nine 11. And, um, we were now going to, to not just Afghanistan to Iraq. And we had a lot of P 
people signing up across the country and I became one of those people. And, and then going over there, it was always interesting how football just continued to be a part of my life. Even though I was in the middle of Iraq or Afghanistan, it was like during the season, I can't wait to get back after a mission at 5 a.m. so I can watch Monday night football, you know? And it's like Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. and I'm watching the game live, but it was just such an escape for us. And it, and it always has been. And it was, it was a time for me to turn everything off and, and, you know, not worry about the, the tough stuff we're experiencing over there and not having anxiety about any of that. Just like for three hours, I've got the game. I can just watch the game and, you know, watch the, watch my heroes and, the, those uh, that mutual respect main has maintained and, and continued um, and it does today and I mean the relationship with the league and and the military has always been pretty strong I think but now when we talk about transition you know and former players and veterans and guys that aren't in the spotlight anymore on the football field and guys that don't have um, their battle buddies and the mission overseas uh, that's that's a tough pill to swallow too, you know, and, and, and we, we haven't had, we haven't done a great job. We have to admit that as, uh, as a country, I think we haven't done a great job uh, with transitioning people like that out of, out of these uh, pretty elite fields um, because we, we just want the next thing. We want to watch, Oh, well, who's the next rising star. And, and uh, you know, well, let's support the guys that are over there right now. And it's like, that is very important. I'm not saying it's not, but there's a huge population, millions um, that played sports at an elite level and served their country at an elite level that now don't have that uniform and locker room and, and identity and purpose and value and self-worth. And it's like, they feel like I'll never be great again. You know, Tony, Jay got Tony Gonzalez to come into MVP uh, a couple of years ago um, when we were really, really starting to grow and him for him to share that, you know, the greatest tight end of all time to say, I felt like I'd never be great again. And then to watch the faces of all the veterans sitting on the mat, you know, listening to this guy, their jaws dropped like, wow, Tony Gonzalez feels the same way that I do, you know, and I was a Marine and I went over there and I mean, football and what I did, that couldn't seem farther apart, but it's, it's so similar. So anyway, it's, uh, that, that respect and, and partnership is, is maintained. And, um, it's really cool to see, to see MVP be able to grow with the support of the league and the support of the, of the veteran community. And Aeneas, what we do with these guys, by the way, is we put them together. We're trying to build a new team. So uh, right now we're in five cities, but each session we train again for about a half hour just to get a burn, just to, you know, be beholden to your brothers or sisters on your right or left. And right now we're doing it on Zoom. But then after we sit and we, it's like we have our locker room, we call it our huddle. And we talk about everything. And we talk about, as our football players, you got to look at it like, not like, oh man, I used to play in the NFL. No, do you play in the NFL? Right. And you playing in the NFL is not who you are. Like Aeneas, what's behind your ribcage that got you to beat out millions and millions and millions to people uh, of people to play in the NFL and get on the level you are? That's who you are. That doesn't leave when the uniform comes off. You need somebody to remind you guys of that constantly. And who better than our vets and, and this new team? And same with our vets. They go overseas and they do all this great stuff. And it's be all you could be, right? And you come back over here, they're like, oh man, we're different. We're like, no, you're different. Different is good. And even for, you know, we come on there and we talk about our scars. And I know a lot of football players will, will talk about, you know, what the game has done to them. I look at it differently. The first guy we ever helped was a guy named Warren O'Neill, um, who played for the Raiders, rookie of the year under Lane Kiffin. First day we met him, 
man, he was just in a dark place because uh, of his injuries. And I come down, I meet him, I say, hey, you know, what do you got? And, um, you know, I am, uh, again, I've had a long career in, in the fight game, and I'm a lousy fighter. I'm a good coach, but I'm a lousy fighter. So I have ruptured L1, L2 twice, L4, L5, S1 four times, herniated C2, 3, 4, 5. I've got bone cut out of my nose. I've got my dislocated my elbow, tore my bicep, tore my cap, broke my ankle twice, but knocked out more than every one of my friends I know combined. Uh, and I'm freaking proud of every single scar, man. It's made me different. And you got to be proud of your scars and, you know, build yourself up. I can walk around the street or any room I want and know I'm not like the rest of the world because of my scars. And we're trying to really get our vets and, and, and our football players and our, our athletes to understand that it's your scars and your vulnerability makes you so damn special. But Jay, how did you come to this realization to be able to have that type of paradigm about your experience? Because it was a decision. I could have been depressed every day because um, I'm in pain constantly. Yeah, like constantly. My friends, Chuck Liddell and, and Randy Couture, my training partners, man, they're brutal to me over the years. <laughs> it was awful. And, um, you know, life's about our decisions. And I could choose to be depressed that I'm constantly in back pain and that I have, you know, some memory loss and um, really bad depression, anxiety. I don't think, you know, getting hit led me to get have depression, anxiety. I think that led me into a cage. Um, and it was about me making a decision. How did I want to live my life? I could have had a pity party for myself the whole time and, you know, been upset. Or I could look at it as, no, every single one of these stars makes me different than everybody else. And, you know, we have our veterans, too. Like, we have people in our group who have done incredible things, saved American POWs, pulled people out of bridges that have been blown up by suicide bombers. Nate has done most ridiculous things in the world, but these guys are ingrained not to talk about it, not to have individuality. And my job is to, and our job, is to get them to understand, no, you got to be proud of everything you've done that makes you different. That helps you through the transition more if you're able to, you know, make that decision to be proud of it all. Man, that's phenomenal. Yeah, here's, a, here's a good question. So we're doing this podcast remotely, which leads me to ask, how has this program adapted to the COVID-19 situation? Uh, yeah, we, we adapted immediately to that situation, uh, which sort of, sort of speaks to speaks to our team. You know, it speaks to the, the vets and the players involved uh, in our entire organization. I mean, within, within a couple of days, we were up on Zoom conducting all of our uh, sessions, you know, and so then – We've got, like Jay said, we got five chapters. You know, we, we were in L.A., Chicago, uh, Vegas, Atlanta, and now New York City. In New York City, we had just opened like the week before this, uh, you know, everything went into lockdown. And uh, and so that was that was tough. It was like we're trying to grow this new chapter and now we can't get together. What are we going to do? And bam, like without hesitation, you know, one of our uh, – one of our uh, – a chapter leaders out in Vegas was like, I'm going to set this up. We'll do it on zoom. We'll figure it out. And like week one, we've got, you know, 80 some people logging into this thing and we're making it happen. And it worked, it worked great. And it was like an opportunity con to connect with people that would never have had a chance to, to get on an MVP session. You know, somebody lives in, in, in the middle of Nebraska, you know, or something. And it's like, they're feeling more alone than ever. 
and now they're hearing about this organization and they're on they're they're, they're being able to to log in and and listen to these stories and share some themselves and um, so now we're, we've got another predicament, which is a good problem to have is like, how are we going to continue with this broad connectivity and get back in the gyms when we're able to do that and continue to do uh, the sessions that we've been doing for years. Uh, but we'll figure that out too. Like I have no doubt because of the team we have. Uh, and and we've, we, we definitely led the way, I think in the way that a lot of people are talking about uh social distancing, you know, like that term is a, it's, it's probably not the best term and it's already tweaked a little bit. And part of it was some of the guys in our group that were saying, Hey, look, like with social, social distancing is not the right message for us. You know, it's physical distancing while staying socially connected and emotionally connected and all these things. And, and now I, I watch commercials on TV and I see like, they're sort of changing the way they say it too. Uh, but I'm, I'm, you know, I think we're proud to say we're, we're, we were part of the leading the way in those conversations and like, let, let's, let's rethink how we're talking about this year. Nate, Nate, if I could jump back in here, yeah. um, you know, Nate and I guys real talk here, you know, we have a bunch of veterans and players who are always trying to convince not to isolate when the uniform comes off. And now suddenly they are being told they have to isolate. Wow. And real talk, Nate and I were on 24-hour suicide watch for those first two weeks with wow. our crew because they're being told you have to isolate. It was, it was, uh, man, it was a scary time. But again, as he's saying, um, and it shows the power of our group, we haven't lost anybody. And instead, we haven't just not lost anybody. We've now figured out a way to stay more connected. And during this time, we reunited uh, an American POW named Shoshana who was caught by Saddam's guard 17 years ago. We had the unit, the Marine unit that rescued her on, and they met her again for the very first time 17 years later on, and they rescued her. She got put right on a, a helicopter out of there. They went and fought for another eight years. They never met each other. And we reunited them on Zoom, which wouldn't have happened if we weren't in this situation. We, we've had everyone from Commissioner Goodell come on to, and, and choke up in front of everybody to um, you know, veterans who are going through a lot of family issues um, that we've been able to, to be there for them and, and get their backs for them, um, to other people literally calling us from cars that are homeless, that need help, that are zooming in from there, that we're able to circle around and help out and be of service to them. So it's kind of been, you know, it ended up being, uh, there's a blessing in everything. And I think we've all seen the blessing in this. Jay, why is training such a huge part of the program? It's just, you know, everybody in there is a badass. And, you know, there are a lot of times both the uniforms come off. They just stop because they want to compare themselves to how they were at their prime. So my thing is always, you know, it, first of all, the training part releases endorphins in the brain. So it, it gets you um, it gets you in a much better headspace to then be vulnerable and open up and look. My best talks that I ever have is after I'm done sparring with Randy or Chuck or somebody. And man, that's when we talk about life. And same thing for you, right? In the locker room, you know, after practice yeah. or you got worn out, that's when that's when the vulnerability comes out. And, you know, same thing for, for Nate and them in the military. After, a, you know, a, a, a firefight, man, your, your guard is down. And that's when you connect. And listen, muscles are not what makes you strong. Vulnerability is really truly what makes a true man or true woman that true strength. And our crew comes on there, man, we cry to each other. No one's questioned our man or womanhood. So, you know, the workout is just to release the endorphins. The magic 
is the mental health huddle that we have, the empowerment part. It's badasses empowering other badasses because we all get each other on there. It's not about us fitting in the rest of the world. It's about the rest of the world, you know, fitting in around us. I can almost, I wish we could just record you, Jay, and just allow you to speak into this Legends podcast where literally for a minute, every every legend, every vet could just hear some of the words that you and Nate are sharing because it goes back to it is a decision. Mm-hmm. Regardless, I would have never known all the things that each of you are going through and certainly, Jay, the things that you've shared, you've experienced. You you would never know that, but you you boiled it down to vulnerability. Yep. And please, one more time, speak to why it's important to be vulnerable. The vulnerability is, is true strength. Muscles aren't true strength. And, you know, we're, we as a, as a group, whether you're players or vets or fighters or Olympians or football, basketball, whatever it is, you're different, right? Different is good. If you look at different as being good, different is what leads to success. So, you know, the thing that's going to build up your heart and, and help you with the roommates in your head when they're talking and the gray is getting bad is to open up and, and just unpack. And the only way you can be able to love yourself up is if you unpack, you be vulnerable, you open up to your crew. You got a crew right there. The more vulnerable you are with your crew, the more empowered you guys get together. Your crew will always be there as long as you're just true with it and, and real and open up. And again, no one's ever, ever going to question your man or the stuff you've done. The more you cry and open up, that's what makes you strong, man. And and right now is, again, in this transition, when you don't have that locker room every single day, you've got to build yourself another locker room. You've got to build yourself another team or another tribe of people who get you so you could walk this walk together. And you've already said you have five locations. Here are a couple of questions to close this out. How can legends participate? Uh, each, each week we want you to go to our website. And listen, I I want all the legends to know this also. We have a hard time getting players in there because players are are ingrained. A, look, vets in them, they know therapy, VA, all that, okay? Um, Fighters, we do it all the time because we do more for the sports psychology. But again, we know something's off about us. They were walking into a cage and willingly getting kicked and, and hit in the head. Football players, they come on thinking they're doing an appearance because that's how it was when they were playing. And I'm like, no, no, dude, you're one of us. And listen, what we do, okay, the, the, some of the mastery of it is whenever, you know, I get done, I, I'm, I'm quarantined with Alden Smith and Luke Wilson from the, from the uh, Seahawks. We've been trained together. And every time we have an MVP, we get in the car after, man, we just talk about all these great stories we heard about from this vet or this vet who opened up about this. And, and the stories are crazy. They're beyond what you hear in a movie. But the same right, I make our players and fighters open up and regale our vets with stories from football and something they may think is just asked, just happened to us because the vets love to hear that. So we both pull the curtain back for each other, and that's really the key. But if we don't have players, we're not able to do that. But also, if we don't have players, we're not able to help them. So the biggest thing we want is for these players to understand, man, this is a pretty cool team of Green Berets and Navy SEALs, Marie Rincon, and people who took out the last sniper in Fallujah so they could have the first democratic election, and people who put the first ever sandals on little children in Afghanistan, and people who pulled people out of burning, you know, Humvees, they're blown up by roadside bombs. I mean, it's incredible. 
what these people have done. But, you know, our vets know they need the help. Our players act like they don't. They need as much as anybody. So go to vetsandplayers.org. And, again, just build yourself a new team. Be vulnerable. If not for yourself at first, then do it for the people who served your country. And, Nate, how is this funded and how can Legends support it? Well, like Jay said, yeah, go, go to vetsandplayers.org. Whether you, you, you uh, want to support us uh, from a financial standpoint or, or you just want to be part of our organization, that's the first place to start. But, I mean, there, we, we've got a lot of great partnerships out there, but we're always looking to build more. And in every city that we want to grow to, which starting out, we want to be in every NFL city. I mean, that is the first goal. we got to be, we got to be everywhere. Uh, but we need local sponsorship. We need local buy-in from the community because – all these places are going to have plenty of veterans that need our program. I guarantee that. And plenty of athletes as well. Um, it's just a matter of like making sure they're on board, they're committed to it, engaged. And then, you know, we will find, we will figure out um, local sponsorship and, and, and national sponsorship and all that as we go. Uh, but it, getting connected with us is the first way because there, there's, there's a way you can start building that. A lot of our cities where this, these chapters have started have, be, have been because veterans and athletes took initiative that live in that city and they said, all right, you know, I know this company and, 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 and this foundation and, and I know th uh, this gym and all this. So I'm going to start putting the pieces together with the guidance of our national team for MVP. And, and that's how that starts. That's how you get that chapter going. And, but it takes money. Like it takes money because we hire every place we go. We've got a couple of vets that are on the payroll running the chapter, you know, and every week they're getting those people in the room and they're checking in on, on everybody throughout the week and they're doing other things daily. We have some kind of connect uh, way to stay connected, you know, whether it's going on hikes, uh, you know, guys play golf together, guys go out to lunch, uh, guys are there to rescue one another when they're, we're in a, we're in a tough time. And, you know, somebody's uh, thinking of doing something that's going to really affect the team. Uh, we're there, you know, so, so that's, that's, uh, that's the best way to support is just, is get, get involved, reach out to us, get connected. And like, we'll find a way to get a chapter going wherever you're at. Give me that website one more time. Vetsandplayers.org. And I just want, want to give a little love here to some people in the NFL. But this originally started with, man, Nate and I just grinded, and, and I was funding it. Um, but then Mike McCarthy jumped in, and he gave 100000 right on the spot. Dan Quinn jumped in, and he's up to about a quarter of a million. Roger Goodell himself jumped in. Um, and Roger actually comes to meetings and hangs out with our vets um, without anybody knowing. He just connects with these guys. And he was like, how much do we need to open up New York? I'm in. Um, uh, Andrew Whitworth from the Rams. He's a huge financial supporter. These guys really, you know, said, okay, we understand, you know, how hard this will be. You know, God has blessed us with these incredible lives that we're, we have the finances to help. And uh, they just, they helped us really get off the ground. We're very grateful for them. Well, Jay and Nate, this has been incredible. Your information, your inspiring words will change the lives of many. So thank you so much for joining us and thanks for listening in. The best is yet to come. This has been the NFL Legends Podcast. To provide feedback or request a topic for discussion, email us at nfllegends at nfl.com.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.